since this time of life is supposed to be about, I think, fun and exploration and not getting stuck in a place you don't like, because that's a bummer and we don't want that to happen. Welcome to Midlife Mixtape, the podcast. I'm Nancy Davis Coe, and we're here to talk about the years between being hip and breaking one. Where do I belong? Tell me why I'm here and what's taking this long. When can I move on? This week's episode is sponsored by Tweaked Audio earbuds and headphones. Okay, guys, it's holiday shopping time. How cool would it be to surprise someone with Tweaked Audio's noise-reducing design compatible with all MP3 players? They have cool color options like red, green, and woody panel station wagon. Okay, that one's actually called Ricker, but that's what it reminds me of. And Midlife Mixtape listeners can get one-third off any model by putting in the code MM33 at checkout. Shipping is free, too, and the headphones have a lifetime warranty, so save money this holiday season while you get your earbuds on. Go to tweakedaudio.com and put in listener code MM33 for great headphones at one third off. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Midlife Mixtape podcast, where together we overcome the indignity of waking up in the morning and thinking, how did I pull a muscle from sleeping? How does that happen? I hope you guys are rolling into December okay and that the music carols haven't gotten to you yet. I uh, heard 2,000 Miles by The Pretenders the other day and I got choked up, so I think it's a good sign I'm not totally numb yet. This is Nancy, by the way, and today's episode is all about dreams, and specifically dream homes. Those places we seek where the rent or the mortgage is affordable, the weather is agreeable, and the neighbors aren't certifiable. I thought it was a good topic for the show because aren't we at a point in our lives where we deserve to live at least where we want to? We may not have everything else going for us, but we ought to be able to live where we want to. So my guest today is Margaret Vandergriff. Margaret helps clients who are ready for a new adventure find a place to live that supports the life they want. She founded Harvest Moon Coaching in 2016 after a disastrous empty nest moving experience, shed light on the need for a reliable and unbiased system to guide the search for the right place to live. By adapting tools and strategies she developed over 25 years as a nonprofit grants consultant, Margaret created the Find Your Happy Place system to help empty nesters take the guesswork out of their search, save time and money looking, and feel confident they'll thrive in the place they choose. So let's unroll the bubble wrap and catch up with Margaret. I'm here today with Margaret Vandergriff of Harvest Moon Coaching. Thanks for coming on the show, Margaret. Thanks, Nancy. It's really great to be here. There's lots of interest uh, from, well, from me, but also from my listeners about how you do moving consulting. So um, I have lots of questions, but of course, we always start with the first question on the Midlife Mixtape podcast. What was your first concert and what were the circumstances? Yeah, so my first concert was when I was 13, was with my friend Eve and her guitar teacher. We, I lived in San Francisco, and I remember we went down to, I guess it was maybe Palo Alto. It was some sort of outdoor concert area, and we went to see Joan Baez. Um, oh, wow. We, yeah. We were into our little folk, you know, folk music, folk guitar. We played acoustic guitar and sang. And so it was like, it was great. It was great to just go there. And we all sat on the grass surrounded by people with their picnics. And, and there she was on stage belting out her best stuff. Do you still listen to Joan? 
I haven't listened to her in a really long time. It really takes me back. Like just talking about it just takes me back to being a teenager because that was a big part of my teenage life because I went on from from playing like acoustic guitar and singing and I I went on to briefly major in classical guitar. So it was like she kind of started on the whole guitar track and then I sort of got off that track. I feel like I read an article with her recently where she said she's on her last tour or maybe she's had her last tour. Oh, well, you never know. The people say that and then they come back. There's always some reason to come back, you know? I was thinking about our call today and I was thinking about songs about houses because you probably, you know, you could have a theme song if you mm-hmm. wanted. And I was thinking about Little Pink Houses our House by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. I don't know if you've ever like thought of putting together a house playlist, but I was thinking burning down the house, but as you and I are <laughs> recording on what I hope will be the last day of Toxic Air in Oakland, that's not the right song to be thinking about today. But Probably there's got to be, be some other good... I'm going to work on a playlist for you. I can't help it. That's just... That's going to be a thing that, that happens. Cool. <laughs> Well, Margaret, let's talk about this moving consulting that you do. What is it and why do people come to you for it? And especially for midlifers, why are we thinking about moving and what help do we need? I help people navigate their search and figure out the best places to move. And I do this. I provide tools and resources and support to guide and assist them through the dreaming, planning, research, and deliberation phases of their search so they can feel confident they'll be happy in the place they choose. And the reason it's so helpful to have a moving consultant to guide you on your search is because, let's face it, it's, it's a jungle out there. Um, when you go online, it's just this wild west, you know, of opinions and noise. And there's no real clear way to figure out which places you'd like best. It's just, and it's really easy to get caught up in all the hype and, and lose sight of what's really most important, which is, is what you need to be happy living someplace. And so when you do get caught up in all that, it's really dangerous because it can lead to expensive mistakes from going on unnecessary scouting visits uh, to moving to the wrong place. And I can definitely speak to that. Moving is expensive and it's stressful and it causes a lot of upheaval. So you want to know it'll be worth it. And this is especially true of midlifers because it can be very costly and time consuming to course correct a moving mistake. And since this time of life is supposed to be about, I think, fun and exploration um, and not getting stuck in a place you don't like, because uh, that's just, that's a bummer. And we don't want that to happen. How far apart are the dreams and the reality that your clients tend to come t- to you with? In other words, does somebody come and say, I want to live on the beach in Costa Rica, and they end up getting a condo in Denver? I mean, how, how much course correction do you have to do in terms of what's realistic for most of your clients? Usually there's the ideal and then there's the, you you know, you just have to do little nudges, different places, Mm -hmm. sort of adjust it. I don't don't think it's really ever really far off. It's it's more or less around where they want to get to. It's never exactly, but it's it's close enough. So what are the things that, and I'm assuming a lot of empty nesters would be your target audience because so many of us, you know, I'm a year away from that and I look around our house and all the room we, we have and, you know, we've had a couple of short phases where both girls were gone and my husband and I are like, what the hell? We do not need this much room because, you know, we basically need a kitchen, a bedroom and someplace for a TV. And anyway, I'm just wondering what people should 
keep in mind about making changes in this phase of life and empty nesters in particular, what are the kinds of things that you recommend they look for? Well, because moving is such an expensive decision that is hard to course correct, uh, midlifers especially uh, need to reflect and plan first. I mean, everybody does. This is something I recommend for everybody, but especially midlifers. We really need to look before we leap because we have a lot less time to recoup any money we lose to a moving mistake. So it means it's just more important than ever to choose the right place out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it's sort of a time like we're already asking kind of existential questions anyway <laughs> in midlife, but it's really important to do that when you're thinking about moving. I mean, you definitely want to make a point to explore questions like, you know, who do I want to be and what do I want my life to be about and and what will give me a sense of fulfillment and purpose? Um, because the answers that you get um, are going to give you clues to where you're going to be happiest living. Do you ever feel like a marriage counselor? I can't imagine that both people in every couple have the same answer to that. It's always a matter of finding the common ground, trying to find that compromise area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For instance, my dream is to buy a tiny house on wheels and have it parked five months of the year in one daughter's driveway and five months of the year (laughs) in the other daughter's driveway and then just take a month traveling back and forth. And they have already... Keep in mind, these girls don't have a driveway. They're, they're still like they're still in school, but they've both said to me, "You are not living in my driveway," and oh. and I'm like, "Well, fine. I live on the city street in front of it. That's public property." But <laughs> my husband has also said, "Oh, I'm not coming along," and I'm like, well, "I wasn't sure you're invited. I haven't made that decision yet." So we still have <laughs> some work to do on our plan. But I really like the idea of very compact living. I once lived in a row house in D.C. that took me 15 minutes to clean from top to bottom because it was so small and compact. And it's the dream. I would love to go back to that. I just feel like I spend way too much of my time vacuuming and picking crap up off uh, horizontal surfaces. If I had fewer (laughs) surfaces, my life would be better. Definitely. And that's a big one. Just the downsizing, decluttering, you know, simplifying. Yeah. So what are the kinds of common mistakes that people make? Like, thinking that they could be happy in a tiny home. Do you see other other mistakes than that? I mean, here's some of the sort of the, the main ones that I can touch on. And, and the, the first one would be like making assumptions and worse than and making them would be to act on them. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like to say, for example, um, oh, you know, small towns, they're all affordable and they're safe. They have low crime and they're quiet and the people are friendly. And, you know, of course, that's silly. That's not always true. It's like any place you know, it's not like all places are a certain way. It's never true. So when you let your assumptions guide your decisions about where to move, it's, it's, I like to say it's like building a skyscraper on quicksand. Not good. It's very shaky. And so instead, what you want to do is you want to focus and use facts and firsthand observations and experiences to ground your search and decision making. So do you recommend people go to these places and spend some significant time or how do you do that? Absolutely. That's kind of one of the ones too, is like you have to go check the place out. You have to, and really have a plan for when you go there. It's like, I'm going to talk to these people. I'm going to go to these places. I'm going to explore these neighborhoods. And you're like, really give yourself, it's it's not like it's it's not a vacation. This is actually, you are going and you're like, you're evaluating, you are, you know, investigating and making sure that this thing lines up with everything you've gathered ahead of time, which is all the sort of online research that we gather. You need to go and make sure it measures up and that more importantly, you know, the vibe is such an important part of it. You don't get vibe off anything mm-hmm. until you go there. I mean, it's a sensory thing. You have to, you have to be there to know. And so, yeah, you definitely, um, 
ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure sort of thing. Any other common mistakes that people tend to make in trying to figure out where they're going to go next? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the the fact that we are so programmed to to leap online. A a lot of times we just don't bother taking the time for introspection before we leap into action. Um, So what I say is like, try to resist the urge to immediately jump online. I mean, it's hard, I know, because it is something we're sort of, you know, we do. Because finding the right place to live, it means finding a place that's compatible with your personal needs and goals and preferences and priorities. It's kind of like finding the right partner. You're the only person who knows exactly the qualities you're looking for. And it's only by identifying and focusing on those qualities um, that you're going to find the place that's right for you. And getting caught up in all the lists and the rankings and the livability scores and all the blathering online, all that's just going to pull you off course. Mm-hmm. Can you give an example? Do you have a case study you could share about you know someone who you've who you've seen through this process who thought they were going to go one place and ended up someplace else, or maybe you know got the validation they needed that that was the right place for them? And I'm curious in particular how long it takes you know between deciding I, I think I want to change and actually making the change. I have I have a several ones where you know the changes the payoffs have been you know financial and lifestyle and health. Like one client, she downsized and decluttered, and she now lives in a smaller place. She has more money and time to spend traveling Mm. and with loved ones and friends and pursuing her hobbies and interests. She doesn't have to work so hard. Um, Another sold her house in the suburbs and moved into um, a central city neighborhood so she could be like with the in the action. You know, she wanted to, you know, get out of the suburbs and get to where the restaurants and the entertainment and the farmer's markets and didn't want to go and idle in traffic anymore. She can walk and bike everywhere and use public transportation. And it's just like a whole different lifestyle from living in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, the weather thing, being stuck someplace cold and snowy and, and how that can affect your health. And another client who moved someplace warmer and drier and um, her allergies and, and joint stiffness got better. I was recently doing some research about how many people move away from their hometowns, and it was completely unrelated to this conversation. But I've I've lived away from my hometown for since I was about eighteen, and California has a lot of a lot of people who have moved here from other places. So I do know a lot of people who have moved far away. So I was really struck by how many people stay close to where they grew up. It's a much lower percentage of people who have moved than I would have expected. And I'm wondering for people who are listening who still live where close to where they grew up, they don't really want to leave, they don't really have any great yen to move on. Are there things that you have seen in your consulting that they can apply to their existing circumstance? In other words, how do they you know, find their happy place without going anywhere? Well, I think it's, again, it's a matter of doing that introspection. You know, what is it I want? What do I need? What's going to make me happy? What What are things that I haven't been doing? What would I like to try? You know, if where you are has those things, you know, then, hey, you know, if it doesn't and you want to go somewhere else and get those things, that's one thing. But if those things that you want to try that you haven't tried yet, or you can do that where you are if you're in the right place. I need to apply the moving thinking more often because in the early days of my marriage, we moved every five years, three to five years would be the longest we were in a place, you know, an apartment or um, our first house. And it was great because every three to five years, you threw everything out that you didn't need. Well, we've been in this house for 16 years 
And I remember when we <sighs> bought it, my dad looked, we have a, we have multiple storage areas and one of them was just so we have a, the layout of our house is a little weird. And we have this one weird giant storage area. And my dad came to see it for the first time. And he said, you know, you're going to fill that up. And I said, dad, of course, we're not going to fill it up. We've got everything we own in the house already. There's nothing in here. There will never will be anything in there. You can't walk into that storage area now in my house. It is so full of crap. And I think I should pretend I'm moving and just get rid of all this stuff that I would not pay. That was always our, our litmus test. Would you pay somebody to move this from one house to the other? And it was made it really easy to throw stuff out. Um, and I feel exactly. like even though we don't have any immediate plans to go anywhere, I need to pretend I'm moving. I think, I think we would be able to get rid of so much more. Absolutely. Do the hard work now. Exactly. So you have on your website, harvestmooncoaching.com, you've got an online quiz for people to start figuring out where they might want to go. Is that right? Yes. And that's sort of to just sort of do the double check. It's like people are like, oh, I'm just ready to get out of the city and I just want to go live out in the country. And, you know, and it's like, okay, well, let's just make sure that this is in reality going to be something you'll you'll be glad you did. And that, you know, this isn't just something that's like a, a pie-eyed idea in your head that doesn't really have any basis in reality. I have a friend, I'm just thinking about this, my friend, Larry, who decided his, he's a single dad, his daughter left for college, and he decided he was going to go give Nicaragua a try. So he moves down oh. to Nicaragua, and he did what you're recommending. It was like the, a very extended exploratory visit, like a six month visit. And he ended up loving it. And he really wanted to, he was thinking he was going to sell his house here in Oakland and moved down there. And uh, he came back for a visit to see his daughter. And while he was gone, Nicaragua had some kind of an, you know, there was unrest. I don't think it was, I don't think it rose to the level of revolution, but it wasn't quite below that. And he can't go mm -hmm. back now. He's got a lot of belongings down there. He's got a lot of musical instruments. But he can't go back there. And he's like, thank God I didn't buy because I'd really have been screwed. Oh. Check for revolutionary foment before you go to a different country. That's my advice. <laughs> that is very good advice, actually. Take, take a pulse of the local people. How much do they like their, their ruling class? Okay. So, right. Margaret, you came into this line of work because you had your own kind of disastrous moving story, right? Do you want to give us the Reader's Digest version of that? Yeah. So what happened was empty nest happened. Daughter went to college and my ex-husband now took a job up in the middle of nowhere in West Texas. At the time I was like, I don't want to necessarily stay here. I was living in Austin and, and it was getting super duper expensive. And everybody in Austin wa doesn't want you to move there. If you're listening to this episode and thinking in where you're going next, Everyone in Austin says, not here. I have a lot of friends right, in yes. Austin who repeat this to me a lot. Yes. Yeah, so I was just kind of looking around going, you know, I just, this isn't the place I moved to. It's really changed. It's really expensive. I just, it's not the same. I'm ready for something different. And it sort of didn't occur to me. It wasn't, to me, it was just like about making a change. It didn't even really, I guess I didn't even really think about really the ramifications of what I was doing. But anyway, just proceeded to, you know, fix the house up, sell it, unload everything and go off to this horrible town in the middle of West Texas, this teeny tiny town. And that just was a disaster, didn't last. Um, the, the he, My ex-husband just got really caught up in his work and it was just not good. And so I took off and moved into the nearest city, which was Lubbock, which wasn't a whole lot better. 
And I met my current husband there and we, we were living there and going, Ugh, we don't like Lubbock. We don't like Texas. We're ready for a change. We want to get out. So jumped online. I did everything that I am, you know, sharing with you to not do. <laughs> I've done all things. I could write the book on mistakes made. And anyway, we got this idea. Oh, you know, we went on our honeymoon. We got married in Iowa. How about Iowa? And, you know, we just kind of jammed that, you know, square thing in the circular hole. You know, we just tried to make it fit. And uh, it didn't work. We moved. It. We ended up in this small town. It wasn't even like, I don't know, it was really about affordable. Like, how could we get an affordable right. house? And then we moved to this place. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, what have we done? Oh, no. But, you know, the good story of that is like, I thought, you know, this is crazy. All the work I did, all the research, and and I still screwed up big time. So, okay, what's the deal here? I know I'm not the only person who's done this. I know that. This is, I mean, it's a mess out there. How was I supposed to figure it out? And so I thought, well, hey, I mean, something needs to be created so that people can have some way of some sort of roadmap to figure out where they'd be happy as living. And so... I took all of my existing skills, you know, the research, this planning, consulting, coaching. You spent 25 years as a grant writer, right? Yes, I did. I did. And kind of like with the move, I was like, I'm just so tired of grant writing. You know, I was just, I'm tired of where I'm living. I'm tired of what I'm doing. It was just like this, a whole pile of things. You were ready for a change. Big change. <laughs> Yeah. How does the grant writing skill set play into your current work? You know, I love that question. And it's so funny because I'm like, this is so weird. You know, who would think there would be any connection whatsoever? But with grant writing, you're basically finding and matching funding sources with nonprofits. And so mm -hmm. you are looking for common priorities, common goals. That's a really key part of it. And that's also a key part of finding the right place. And also another key part of it is relationships. So, you know, making sure that you're simpatico, you know, the place and you are simpatico. Mm -hmm. It's the whole process of finding and matching common elements. And it's, it's a similar process. Well, I'm glad you see the good in your disastrous moves, because to me, that was the that's such a compelling part of your story is, okay, so I screwed up, but I'm going to make sure you don't. Exactly. And, you know, that's kind of a nice thing at midlife, you can turn around and go, well, there's my trail of mistakes, but they've led me to where I am now. So they can't be all bad. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, I'm grateful for this you know, series of, of crazy <laughs> missteps. <laughs> Can I say screw ups? The series of screw ups that brought you to where you are. Say screw -ups. <laughs> that's I'm sorry. That sounds judgmental. Not at all. So where do you, and where do you live now? I, I still live in Iowa because, uh, like uh -huh. I said, it, it's very expensive to move. And, you know, the whole cautionary tale of, you know, taking all those moves. I made three moves in five years. Yeah, that's pricey. And it was pricey. And it and it, so now it's a, like kind of play catch up a little bit before we can actually get to our happy place. But that is on the agenda for sure. So that was going to be my next question. Where do you go from here? No, no pun intended. I mean, do you, are you taking your own medicine in terms of figuring out your priorities and absolutely doing your research? What do you have a top three list? Where do you think you're heading? Well, I have like a top area that we're heading and that's sort of Pacific Northwest, not California, but like maybe Oregon. But I really miss that being closer to the ocean. I've been landlocked almost 30 years 
And it's just, I'm ready to kind of get back to the a coast area. Well, one of my um, dream places to live has always been London. I always thought I would, I, always, I assumed I would live there for a few years. I don't know how I got to this age and I still haven't lived there. But when I used to go there a lot for work, my hotel was right near a Muse, M-E-W-S. My favorite thing about London is these Muse, which are these little streets that are so twee and they're like almost like cottages. I don't really understand how they're different from streets. I just know they are. And I used to walk down the Muse near my hotel and stare in the windows like a total creeper. I'm surprised I never had the cops called on me because I was always like, look at how beautiful life would be inside the Muse. And we're going to be over in we're going to be over in London at Christmas time. And I found an Airbnb that's in a Muse. And the reason I picked it is because it's in a Muse. And I'm like, look, I'm doing some research. I'm doing some research on Muse while I'm there. That is so, so cool. I love that. It reminds me of that. What's that movie with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet? Switch lives at Christmas time, and one goes to England and one comes to Los Angeles. And anyway, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Movie. I don't know. I just get it. I get that same vibe from a muse. Like everybody would wear good sweaters. <laughs> there would be like top shelf whiskey all the time. Things would be festive. So that's my, that's my goal. All right. Muse. That and the tiny house. I'll drive my tiny house down the muse. I have a, I have a new yeah. plan. I feel invigorated. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll drive the tiny house on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> so Margaret, what one piece of advice do you have for people younger than you or do you wish you could go back and tell yourself? I don't know how many other people are like this, but I was a pretty neurotic, pretty stressed out, worried a lot about things that were completely out of my control. Oh, virtually everybody who's come on this show is like that. So go on. Okay. Well, that was, I mean, I, I'm definitely not as bad as I used to be. I mean, I used to just stay awake at night worrying about what might happen the next day when I went to this mm. meeting or something, you know, just really stupid waste of time and energy stuff where it's like, come on, just try to chill out, Margaret, you know, <laughs> don't, don't worry so much about everything. You really, I assume you worry less now. I worry less. I still worry, but I don't worry nearly as much. What was the changing point for you? What made a difference? I think just realizing that how pointless it was to mm. just spend, expend all of that energy when it really made no difference at all. And if anything, it just got me more worked up than I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's just kind of like, kind of talking myself down off the ledge, I guess, you know, it's like, come on, Margaret, this is really pretty silly. (laughs) So age and wisdom, that's your trick. I like to think so. (laughs) I love it. All right, younger people listening, hold on, you'll get there. Yeah. All right. Well, Margaret Vandergriff, thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks for sharing your expertise about finding our happy place. And uh, you guys can check out Harvest Moon Coaching. I'll leave a link on the show notes. And uh, hope you, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Thanks again for coming on the program. Thank you so much. Tiny House in the Muse sounds like the worst Laura Ingalls Wilder title ever. And for the record, that movie I was trying to think of was The Holiday from 2006 with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. I'd give it a solid thumb sideways, except for the dreamy home interiors. Those are pretty great. Speaking of dreamy, I wondered what you guys were thinking in terms of your dream homes. So I asked over on Facebook, and it turns out we're headed to the beaches, we're headed to the mountains, and we're all just waiting for those money trees to come into full bloom. So here are a couple of my favorite answers that people left on the Midlife Mixtape Facebook page. My friend Andrea says she's getting a weekend cottage on the Danish Riviera and a pied-à-terre in Copenhagen. So 
Uh, I guess we'll be going to Tivoli Gardens with Andrea. I love this one from Murray. He's very specific. Late spring and summer in Pittsburgh and early spring winter in Gainesville, Florida. He says, this is all based on my being a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates and Florida Gators baseball teams, although I do love the city of Pittsburgh, and if it wasn't for the winter there, I'd be there year-round. And then he adds, since I don't have any money, it will most likely be in the South wherever I can afford. Most likely that means Alabama or Mississippi. There's probably really nice parts there and good baseball teams. I don't know. Cindy says she she and her husband talk about having a loft on the Bay, that's the Bay Area, and a beach house in Mexico, and maybe a big annual rental mansion for the holidays so that we can have the kids and grandkids all in one place. She says, basically, I'm working under the premise that we're going to be super rich when we're empty nesters. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Laurel has a fantasy of moving to Quebec City and soaking up the gorgeous history and culture of that area and practicing her rusty French from college. And I told Laura, I actually lived in Quebec City. I studied French there for a while. Boy, do I have stories. It was a little odd. Anyway, it's actually, I have a little bit about it in my book that's coming out next year. Uh, My friends Matthew and Matthew say they're going to Kalispell, Montana. And then one of the Matthews sent me a video of Kalispell, and I'm going with them. Marie's got her eye on a vacation home in Palm Springs. Amanda wants to go to Italy. Stephen wants to go to the south of France. I hope you guys all go these places because then I have somebody to visit. Kristen said Signet Tasmania, which was intriguing. And now I need to look that up. A couple other world travelers, Leanne says they're going to rent out their house in Berkeley for a month or two at a time to fund global travels to Southeast Asia and beyond. My friend Laura says she's going to start a little smaller scale. She and her husband think they should do a road trip with a small RV across the U.S. as a research trip. So I think Margaret would endorse that. And you know what? A couple people may already be in their happy places. Kathy has already gone through three downsizings, and she believes that her current location of Santa Clarita may be it. And Susan, who just moved to the Delaware Shore, she says, hopefully this is my last move. Beautiful coast, lower cost of living, friends and family nearby. So that all sounds great. One last common thread, bookstores. So many bookstores. You guys want to open bookstores. I hope you do, because if you do, I pledge to come visit. I did end up making a Spotify playlist for this episode, BT Dubs. So if you find me on Spotify at Davis Co., look for the playlist called House Talk. And I'll put a link to it also from the show notes page. What other songs need to be added there? There's so many house and home songs. I'm sure I didn't get all of them. So let me know. And if you haven't checked out the Midlife Mixtape blog lately, I have a couple of new posts over there, including my recommendations for music books for holiday gift giving and my thoughts of living in a dystopian YA novel without the benefit of leather pants or a cool nickname. So go check that out at midlifemixtape.com. All right, you guys, there's only one more episode of this podcast to go for 2018, and I could not be more excited. You know, one of the people who commented on the dream home question, Karen, said, my question about totally relocating is how do you make good friends all over again? I think next week's episode may answer that question for you. I'm going to keep their names a secret for now. It's two people, but I promise you will love this show. It will answer questions you've been harboring, and it will be a perfect way to end another year of the Midlife Mixtape podcast. And since we are approaching the end of the year, I'll make a plea for something on my own Christmas list. More podcast reviews, please. More shares. Help getting the word out about Midlife Mixtape. I'm going to be all the way real here, as the kids say. I would do this show if nobody was listening, but I get a little uh, when I read about people who started a podcast 11 minutes ago and they're already on iTunes, new and noteworthy, and they have 42 million listeners and a deal with Pandora. 
I'm really homegrown here. And I mean, call it artisanal if that makes it more appealing. But I think what my guests have to say is so important, not just to midlifers, but to younger people too. Who doesn't need to hear the message? Chill out, Margaret. So if you agree, I'd really appreciate you telling your friends. And of course, I love to hear from you guys too at DJ at midlifemixtape.com and at midlifemixtape on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, you guys, appreciate it. Have a great week. Be, be. I wanna be, I wanna be free by whatever